This is a Socialist News and Views special report. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special report. Inflation. It seems to be the word heavily making the rounds on mainstream media and in many locations across the internet. Here's a clip from Global News about the current situation faced by U.S. workers. From the grocery store to the gas pump, Americans are paying record high prices for just about everything they buy, and families are hurting. My feeling when pulling up to the gas station is anxiety, stress. Inflation has hit its highest level in 41 years. Grocery prices are up 12 percent. Mortgage rates have hit a 13-year high. But it's skyrocketing gas prices that are really hurting Americans. U.S. President Joe Biden is under increasing pressure to act. I'm using every lever available to me to bring down prices for the American people. As the president took a tumble off his bike in Delaware Saturday morning, a new USA Today poll shows his approval rating is tumbling too. Just 39% of Americans approve of the job Biden is doing. Democrats now control both the House and Senate, but that could change after November's midterm elections. In that report, Biden and the White House cited oil company price gouging, Russia and supply chain issues resulting from the pandemic as driving up prices. But is this the real cause? What should we be saying about this to other working class folks? And how can we challenge these extreme increases that are hurting working people? A socialist primer on monetary policy and inflation is the title of an article on Jacobin that contains the transcript of an episode of the podcast The Dig. In the episode, Daniel Denver interviews Tim Barker, historian and an editor of Dissent and Phenomenal World. The introduction starts, quote, Republicans and out-of-style economists warn that the Biden administration is leading the economy into runaway inflation. The Biden administration and Federal Reserve, by contrast, point to the major disruptions caused by the pandemic, arguing that the inflation we've seen is caused by sector-specific supply chain bottlenecks. Upon learning of this discussion, most of us quietly choose to close the tab or change the channel. All of this stuff seems way over our head, end quote. The introduction says Barker argues that it doesn't have to be this way and says solutions to inflation don't have to be anti-worker. Continuing, quote, he argues that the left has to fight for a different interpretation of inflation and build enough working class power so that when the time comes, we have the analysis and the strength to push for spending and planning instead of retrenchment and austerity. Inflation is Class Warfare is a title on Liberation News for a November 2021 introduction to an episode of the Socialist Program with Brian Becker. It says, quote, the steepest rise in prices in the last 30 years has set off alarm bells and handed politicians like Joe Manchin a convenient excuse to deepen their opposition to pro-worker social programs, end quote. You can find a link to that on liberationnews.org and in the show notes, Julia Rock and David Sirota in December 2021 also have an article entitled Six Things You Are Not Hearing About Inflation that also ran on Jacobin.com. It says the alarms being rung by mainstream media about inflation are becoming louder and louder but are devoid of context. These media outlets, it says, seek to reinforce the positions and narratives of the rich elite and corporations 
In the article, Rockets wrote a list of following six things you are not hearing. One, inflation at the very top, saying, quote, perhaps the most important point being overlooked by the corporate media is that inflation is being driven by the greed and power of wealthy people and corporations, end quote. They point as just one example to a CNBC piece from last November titled, The Soaring Billionaire Economy is Squeezing the Private Jet Market. Two, corporate consolidation. Consolidation of just a few companies in the marketplace, it says, makes it easier for companies to unilaterally hike prices. This, it says, is happening even as record profits show they don't need to, and many consumers will have no choice but to pay the higher prices. Three, wars and fossil fuels. Here, Rock and Sirota say that the unspoken rule among mainstream media is that when talking about government spending or the deficit, quote, the U.S. military budget doesn't matter and isn't worth discussing, end quote. But it has links indicating specifically the inflationary nature of the U.S. government's military adventures in Vietnam, and it says, quote, running a fossil fuel economy also subjects American consumers to the price volatility associated with the geopolitics of a global energy market, end quote. The oil era, it says, has been defined by boom and bust cycles. Four, addressing health care and housing costs. While it fails to address the fact that the government should immediately provide housing and health care to working people, it says the Democrats' Build Back Better social spending will partially help address inflation over time. It also highlights programs like negotiating prescription drug prices and more support for affordable housing to bring down prices in these areas. The Fed trade-off, number five. The article says Jerome Powell announced that the Fed was changing its approach to inflation, but then came under pressure to raise interest rates before the labor market reached what he called, quote, full employment, end quote. Six, price controls. Mass unemployment will be triggered with rate hikes. So it says, quote, instead, lawmakers could address inflation by implementing price controls, meaning placing legal limits on the amount that prices of certain goods can increase, end quote. The Truth About Inflation and How to Fight It is the title of an article by Hannah Sell on socialistparty.org.uk website from April of this year. In it, Sell says, quote, the current surge in inflation has a number of causes, including the huge sums pumped into the economy by governments to prevent economic disaster during the pandemic, the inevitable spike in demand as economies reopen, and the disruption of global supply chains caused by COVID measures and events since, not least the war in Ukraine, end quote. The article focuses a lot on the increases in global energy prices and huge profits for oil and gas companies that have not seen significant changes in their production costs. Nick Beams writes for World Socialist website a June 21st article entitled Cryptocurrency Meltdown Points to Deeper Financial Crisis. It says that central banks are raising interest rates officially as a way to combat inflation, but says in actuality, quote, as inflation reaches its highest levels in four decades, it is aimed at clamping down on the wage demands of the working class around the world by inducing a recession, if that proves necessary, end quote. We have heard a number of perspectives on inflation. Many themes emerge. For example, the very connected effects of wars like that of the war in Ukraine and the use of fossil fuel. Oil and gas companies want to make loads of profits, and governments continue to support them by making working people dependent on global supply chains and the whims of a handful of executives for energy. Some economists have predicted the current inflation would be temporary and was due primarily to the reopening of the economy after COVID and costs of ramping up production again. But if a small group of capitalists realize they can raise prices without response, 
what is to stop them continuing to do so. I wanted to look back at some historical articles and writings to get some more perspective. All of these items I found via Marxist Internet Archives at Marxist.org. Does inflation threaten? There's more than one way of cutting wages. Sometimes it's done by inflating the currency. That is an article from the September 1940 volume of Labor Action by Frank Demby. Uh, In the section entitled More Than One Way of Cutting Wages, Demby says that inflation is an indirect way for capitalists to reduce our wages, saying, quote, if the factors that have caused this price rise are merely temporary and accidental, then we don't have to worry about inflation. But if they are more or less a permanent part of our general economic situation, then every worker and every trade unionist must give the problem his closest attention. For there is more than one way of cutting wages as has been demonstrated time and again during the tortured history of capitalism. Every worker knows and understands the simple and direct method of cutting wages. The boss simply reduces the wage. Even such indirect methods of wage cutting as lengthening working hours or the use of the speed-up are familiar enough to the average worker. Fighting against these things are part of his daily struggle for existence. The cleverest method of cutting wages, because the worker doesn't experience it on his job, is the inflationary method. A period of generally and rapidly rising prices is considered inflationary. The worker might even receive an increase in the amount of money he receives every week, but before he knows it, he and his wife discover that his wage buys less food and other necessities than before, end quote. In a May 1942 volume of Fourth International in an editorial comment, with a long headline starting The Government's False Definition of Inflation, in a section titled For the Rising Scale of Wages, it says the following, Inflation is a condition where prices rise while wages lag behind. In itself, the rise of prices is not inflation. If wages were pegged to prices so that any rise in prices would automatically be accompanied by an equal rise in wages, there would then be no inflation. For the great masses of the people who live on wages including salaries of white-collar workers and government employees, and the pay of the men in the armed forces. A sliding or rising scale of wages geared to the price index is the mechanism which would avoid the ruinous consequences of inflation. Then, the quantities in which wages and prices would be computed would be merely a matter of national bookkeeping. It would not matter whether wages and prices were computed in units of $1 or $10 or $100 or $1,000. In each case, the real value of wages would be the same and the actual quantities of commodities purchasable by the worker would be the same. It does not matter whether we pay $0.10 or $1 for a loaf of bread if our wages are originally geared to the price of $0.10 and rise automatically as the price of bread rises. Inflation is not the rise of prices, but the lag of wages. Every worker must grasp this important truth for it is a major weapon today in the struggle for a decent living against capitalist greed and its political agents. For the automatically rising scale of wages as the price index rises, that must be the working class answer. And from the Communist Party Australia in March 1960 by Ernie Thornton, the cause of inflation and its answer, it says, quote, but above all, until we have in Australia a rational system of price control, Workers should never cease to demand increased wages to compensate them for the increases in prices which do take place and to give them also a share in the huge increases in production which have and are taking place. If the workers fall into the trap set for them by the propaganda of the big employers and say, what's the use of going for increased wages? This will only put prices up. Then the highwaymen of monopoly will have an open go. If workers cease to fight for higher wages, 
prices will still be pushed up at every opportunity and with any excuse, and workers and their families will get further and further behind. What is needed is a more determined fight for a higher real standard of living, and not surrender to the selfish monopoly interests. In 1971, in The Truth Behind Inflation by Ted Grant, Grant writes the following, If the capitalists could raise prices at their whim, why do they face the prospect of bitter strikes, with consequent loss of production and profits rather than concede the wage demands of the worker? If it was simply a question of passing on wage increases, that would be the obvious way to solve the problem. But, in fact, the profit of the capitalist class is only the unpaid labor of the working class. Consequently, an increase of wages for the workers, other things being equal, means a fall in the profits of the capitalists. Hence, the cries of woe from the paid hacks of capitalism in the mass media. End quote. Grant also writes of his country, the previous colonial world superpower, Britain, when he says, quote, One of the main causes of the continuous fall of the purchasing power of the currency in Britain, as in other capitalist countries, is the inflated expenditure on armaments, which in Britain consumes more than 2,500 million pounds. The workers in the forces and armaments industry have to eat, live in houses, procreate, have recreation, and all the normal activities of the working class. The capitalists in these industries have to make the average rate of profit, if not more. The expenditure is entirely unproductive, producing neither consumer nor capital goods. Consequently, it has to come out of the production of society as a whole. Hence, the undermining of the currency. At the same time, the national debt, which has now reached the astronomical sum of 1,200 million pounds to 1,400 million pounds in payment for armaments destroyed in imperialism's wars over the course of the last century, constitutes an enormous and parasitic drain on the economy. End quote. But one thing has not been discussed yet specifically but was clearly identified by March 1974's edition of International Socialism in Briefing Inflation. That is speculation. The briefing contains these words, quote, but much of the increase in prices of foods and raw materials has not resulted from shortages at all. The cause has been speculation. As prices have begun to rise, those with wealth, individuals or companies, have seen that the easiest way to protect it against the effects of inflation has been to buy up future supplies of food and raw materials. They have also hoped, by doing so, to make considerable profits." End quote. So in the final conclusion, we can say that wages are not the cause of inflation, as we have seen numerous elements of the ruling class's attack on the working class are responsible for inflation. Price gouging, speculation, war, as well as government continuing to work in the interests of that ruling class primarily. They do this by supporting the military-industrial complex, as well as numerous other handouts to corporations, by supporting the continuing disaster that is fossil fuel, and by government mounting their own attacks on working people through restrictive reproductive rights and trans rights legislation, among other things. To take on these rising prices, workers must say no to unemployment, war, fossil fuels, and capitalist profits. To do this, we must rebuild and strengthen our own working-class institutions, such as our unions, independent media, and ultimately fight to build, as quickly as possible, our own independent working-class party. We must demand with every tool at our disposal that our government, at every level, act in the interest of working people and also build our own infrastructure to support our communities and future struggles. That is our special report. If you have anything else to add, find me on Twitter or message Socialist News and Views on Facebook and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.
solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special report.